Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Hey there, folks. This is Matt Welch, sports editor at Star Local Media, and thank you for checking out this rapid reaction edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, Let's recap my game from Friday night. I was out at Jesuit uh, for a matchup in District 96A between Plano Senior and Jesuit. Um, A meeting between two teams that entered the night tied for second place in 96A alongside Prosper. That logjam got a little bit of clarity there after all was said and done as Jesuit takes a 34-26 victory over the Wildcats on a, uh, a really just murky night um, across the, uh, the Metroplex, be it the inclement weather, just constant rain and wind. You had a lot of games that produced scores or outcomes that you, you kind of look through the numbers and how they got to that point. There's a lot of stuff that happened Friday night that was just kind of, that kind of raised an eyebrow. And I don't know if it was, again, just things can happen on weird weather nights or what or what the case was but this Plano Jesuit game certainly had a had a bit of that because you look at some of the aspects that went into this game and when you frame it a certain way, it's a little surprising that Plano was able to keep this game within one score um, when all was said and done. Um, you know, just things like special teams. Special teams will, I mean, in bad weather games, you know, it feels like special teams kind of takes on extra importance in those circumstances. Plano had just an absolutely abysmal night on special teams um, in just about every capacity, whether it was, you know, whether it was trying to, you know, punt the football. I mean, there was times where they, uh, you know, they would, they would miss handle the snap on a punt um they uh you know they're committing penalties they uh you know on extra points they uh you know they they had one blocked they mishandled the snap on another um on kick returns there were times when the returner dropped the football that happened twice including one when the uh, when the returner had initially called fair catch so they were uh, so plano began the drive at its own nine yard line instead of its own 25 um they just could not get out of their way on special teams there were multiple short punts um and just basically that led to a massive massive disparity in field position and i mean jesuit had I mean, here's all right. So I put the number in my story, and here's how the average field position shook out. Because it was, you know, based on the way this game was going early on, you kind of felt like, okay, that's going to be a very notable subplot. Plano's average starting field position was right around its 15-yard line on uh, on Friday. By comparison, at Jesuit began its average drive right around its own 43. So there you go, a near 30-yard disparity in field position and I mean Jesuit was able to capitalize early on they jumped out to a 14-0 lead you know on a on a pair of rushing touchdowns one from Rance Holman one from EJ Smith um and you just kind of had a sense that just Plano just kept on you know it was a lot of bend don't break they did get eventually get some stops and whatnot and you know where it was able to uh you know to have Jesuit come away empty-handed on a few of those short fields but just the uh, the way this game was going you know and just some of the untimely penalties that Plano could commit the fact that Plano was never able to establish the run um you know they were only held to just 89 rushing yards as a team on just uh just a shade around three and a half yards per carry 
Um, you know, Jesuit, meanwhile, absolutely controlled the ground game. Um, you know, they averaged 7.1 yards per carry and 313 yards total. And again, in a rain in a rainy game, those are the kinds of things that are going to uh, ultimately sway the uh, the end result. Um, you know, who's able to control the uh, control the clock more and such. But then you look at the final yardage, and Jesuit only outgains Plano by two yards, 375 to 373. Um, you know, Plano did have its moments. You know, um, you know, a lot of that though came on some productivity through the air, um, especially in the first half. They were number of lengthy gains downfield. Uh, Plano wasn't, I mean, they didn't hold anything back. They were, I mean, they were attempting to stretch Jesuit secondary every drive at least once. Um, and, you know, you had uh, the, co- the connection between Oliver Towns and one of his top receivers, Jaden Chambers. Those two made some good things happen in the first half. They combined for four catches for 106 yards. But then Chambers goes down with what uh, head coach Jadon McCullough speculated might have been a knee injury uh, late in the second quarter. He doesn't return, and then out the window goes any effectiveness Plano has passing the ball. I mean, there was a good... It wasn't until the midway through the fourth quarter that they finally found a little something through the air, but then they were going a a full quarter and a half without being able to move the ball um, through the air on top of already struggling to move it on the ground. There are just a lot of hallmarks in this matchup that you look at the final score and see that Plano was... You know, lost to you know lost by one possession, and it just doesn't really add up. I mean, this felt like a game that you know if it plays out, you know, most nights this is probably a you know a twenty to twenty four point loss. So you know, fair play to the Wildcats for finding ways to hang tough, you know, and at least get a you know despite you know having their backs against the wall on defense a number of times, uh, you know, being able to make the requisite stops to keep this game at least within striking distance. Um, but just never a game that it felt like Plano ever had a really a, a you know a real firm grasp on you know um like i said they were able to throw the ball well um you know oliver towns he does you know finish with them at least a you know a high number of passing yards it wasn't the most uh you know efficient night from the plano passing attack towns only goes 12 of 28 for 284 yards and two touchdowns um but the big thing to kind of monitor going forward with them is now this situation at wide receiver because um you know there wasn't a uh, you know coach mccullough didn't have a finality to the Jaden chambers injury it was just him speculating that it could have been a knee um but this team was already playing without its other elite wide receiver Nolan Williams on Friday and if Plano is in a situation now going forward where they're going to be without their top two wide receivers that definitely changes the equation quite a bit um, as far as what to expect out of Plano's passing game because that's been again we've talked about it a ton on the podcast that has been a huge subplot to this season is the job that Plano's has done moving the ball through the air um, and a lot of that is you know a testament to the growth of Oliver Towns but also the job that guys like Jaden Chambers and Nolan Williams have done in getting open and making big plays happen after the catch um, so without those two um, you know that that passing game is very much predicated on the uh, on the big playability of those two wide receivers specifically. So, um, you know, you got to see midway through the fourth quarter at least maybe something that Plano might be able to build off in that respect. You know, they started getting Christian Sabatini more involved, um, you know, their uh, their star tight end. And then Tylen Hines, um, you know, their uh, their lead running back, he began to, you know, have a, have a big role in the passing game. He caught a 71-yard touchdown and a 10-yard touchdown both in the fourth quarter to at least, you know, again, put Plano back within one possession. 
Um, so then going forward, though, I'm just kind of fascinated to see how that shakes out because, you know, do you, I mean, again, do you split Hines out more as a, as a wide receiver and then, you know, slide Cody Christ and give him more of a uh, more of a role running the football? He was used a little bit, you know, on Friday, albeit, you know, closer to the goal line in, uh, you know, in direct snap situations. Um, it's just Plano has to kind of recalibrate things because, you know, you look at the standings and they're still not out of the woods yet. You know, they're in fourth place at three and two. But they have just a one-game lead on McKinney, who Plano does have the head-to-head against. So that's essentially it's a two-game lead. But that's really the one thing that they cannot let happen over these last two weeks of the season. They cannot let McKinney pass them in the standings. Um, and you look at what these two teams have remaining. Um, you know, Plano has McKinney Boyd coming up on Friday. Uh, that game is at seven o'clock out at uh, out of Clark Stadium. And then the following week, they are at Prosper. So. In theory, that should be one and one. If Prosper is again the you know playing up to the uh, up to the caliber that they have this season, you're thinking realistically that's probably a one and one stretch. But it puts a bit of extra emphasis on that game against Boyd, a team that has shown you know the, again the win loss record for Boyd isn't anything to write home about. It's just I believe only two wins this season. But there is still talent there, especially on defense. You know, especially in that secondary for that matter. You know, between Play Wyatt, um, Jake Fex, Jalen Shaw, they've got. Guys Guys in the secondary that can you know that can definitely uh, you know make you sweat a bit, and if it's a situation where you know Boyd is just going to load up the box like you know like uh, you know Plano uh, Plano games in the past, and you know just dare Plano to beat them through the air, and they're shorthanded at wide receiver, that game becomes much more interesting. Um, than it otherwise might have appeared a couple weeks ago. So, uh, yes, there's a lot of importance riding on that game. And now, granted, McKinney has to hold up its end of the equation, too, and they play Jesuit next week. Um, you know, we'll see what McKinney has. You know, they had a, uh, they were able to hang on against, uh, against Plano East on Friday. Um, you know, that game, uh, you know, between McKinney and Jesuit is at McKinney ISD Stadium Friday, 7 o'clock. Um, you know, again, in theory, should be a Jesuit win, but... Who knows? We'll see. That's a, That's been a, a very, very competitive game in recent years. Um, so, yeah, we're left with the situation where Plano just needs a win or a McKinney loss to get into the playoffs. But um, again, you just you can't take anything for chance, anything for granted, I should say, over these, um, you know, over these last couple weeks. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where things are at, at least now, as far as Plano goes. Very anxious to see how this passing game shakes out because they had a really tough time establishing the run on uh, on Friday. You know, for all the progress that they've made as an offensive line in the running game with Talon Hines, who had his career best performance the week prior against Plano East, they um, that just that aspect was held in check. And just with knowing what we know about Plano, it's just really tough to fathom them winning too many games when they're held under 90 yards rushing. Um, like I said, overall, though, let's see. Overall, though, uh, Oliver Towns had, uh, he was the leading rusher in this game, which tells you all you need to know. You know, the quarterback had five carries for 63 yards and a, uh, and a touchdown. Hines limited to just 12 carries for uh, for 28 yards. Cody Chris, six for 13 on the touchdown. Um, you know, Hines was much more productive through the air. Again, he had a big fourth quarter, had two catches for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Um, as I mentioned, Jaden Chambers, before getting hurt, he was on his way to a potential 200-yard game. You know, he had four catches for 106 all in the first half. Uh, Christian Sabatini was big in the passing game as well. He caught four balls for 87 yards. It seems to reason that he'll be called upon quite a bit more going forward if Plano's going to be shorthanded at wide receiver. Um, and then, yeah, with Jesuit, they were able to kind of, again, they were able to dictate things on the ground, much like that game against Prosper. Their, uh, you know, their signature win of the season when they just absolutely slaughtered 
the Eagles with their ground game. They were big on the ground once again against Plano. Jake Taylor had 23 carries for 176 yards. E.J. Smith, 18 carries for 132 and three touchdowns. So right there, Prosper's two leading rushers, the anchors of that offense, and they were heavily involved. I mean, you look elsewhere as far as how the ball was distributed. You know, Rance Holman had three carries for five yards and a touchdown. They only had one wide receiver catch a uh, catch a pass, and it was Christian Loco. He had two catches for eight yards. Otherwise, everything was either EJ Smith or Jake Taylor. Um, but hey, that's not a bad party trick. And if those two are going to be averaging seven yards a carry apiece, Jesuit's probably going to be winning lots of football games that way. Um, and yeah, then uh, let's see. Rance Holman Plano did a good job, you know, really slowing down that uh, you know that Jesuit passing game. You know, they held Rance Holman to just seven of sixteen for sixty-two yards, no touchdowns. He did throw a pick, um, you know, an underthrown ball that Trey Ford was able to intercept. Um, so yeah, it was basically you know one team was able to do one thing really well, the other team was able to do the opposite really well with Plano in its passing game and Jesuit with its ground game, and ultimately it is Jesuit though that takes the thirty-four to twenty-six victory to improve to four and one in district. Plano drops to three and two. Still got two weeks left to decide uh, how this is all going to shake out, and it'll be uh, should be a fun little race to the finish line. Um, otherwise, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the. Uh, Serial Media High School Sports Podcast, a rapid reaction for Friday's game between Jesuit and Plano Senior. Once again, that is a 34-26 win by the Rangers. Uh, you can check out my game story at StarLocalMedia.com as well as some video highlights from this one. And um, yeah, folks, that'll do it. Um, hey, you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.